Lord, we're thankful. Lord, we're thankful we could give. We're thankful we can meet together and worship you. Lord, most of all, we are thankful that you've promised, promised us the Holy Spirit. And as we're um, seeking to learn more about the Holy Spirit and seeking to have more power, Lord, I am thankful that you've told us that if we ask for a bread, you won't give us a stone. That, you know, you're a good father and... Um, you know, you freely pour out good things to us. And so, Lord, today I ask that as we uh, pursue this more, that um, you'd help us to listen, help us to believe, impart, impart grace and gifts to us. In the name of Christ, we rebuke every uh, lying spirit, every evil scheme. Um, Holy Spirit, I ask that you'd be the spirit of truth here today. Amen. So, five to ten. You know, last week, my dad got up and said, I don't have many minutes, but we'll see what I can do. And at that time, you can mute this if you want to, um, so it doesn't get back to him. At that time, it, I know it was like 11 to 11, like, yeah, about five minutes earlier in this time today. And then he preached till about 3.30. I don't know. It was good, but it was longer than I was expecting, but it was good. And you need to listen to that sermon. Anyway, he comes down and goes, I did a good job. When I got up there, it was 10 past 11. I didn't have much time. I managed to wrap it up in a few minutes. I said, it was 10 to 11 and it took an hour. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so it's going to be shorter than an hour. Okay. <laughs> so um, I... I I've also got like a seven-minute video in the minute. I'm just debating whether to drop it out or not, but I'm going to play it so you have about 20 minutes of me and you'll have about a seven-minute video. So just so you get your head in the right headspace, okay? You're not wondering at 25 past what we're doing. That's what we're doing, okay? We'll be out of here by 11.30 and um, it's going to be good, so don't leave. Um, okay, about 3,000 years ago, God appeared to a man... And he said these words, according to the New King James Version. He said, what do you want? Ask and I will give it to you. So that man, because you've all been to Sunday school, so you know this story. That man was Solomon. And for some reason in my head, you know how you have assumptions in your head? For some reason I thought he was a kid when he asked for this. But he wasn't a kid. Um... It's like Saul on the horse type story, David. I always think he's on a horse. And David says, the Bible didn't say he was on a horse. He was walking. Anyway, I always thought Solomon was a kid. But the Bible says just before God came and said this to him that he gave a thousand offerings on some altar. So he wasn't a kid. Like, and it also said he was firmly established in the kingdom and he was addressing Israel. So this was no kid. This was a man who was ruling. And God appeared to him and said, what do you want? Ask whatever you want and I'll give it to you. And so as you know, Solomon asked for, um, everyone says he asked for wisdom and he did ask for wisdom. But what he actually asked for was he asked for wisdom to lead the people properly is what he actually asked for. Because he was aware of what his father had done, King David. And his prayer, um, he said, who could possibly govern this great people of yours? And he asked for wisdom 
and knowledge to lead the people. So that's what he actually asked for. But um, as we know, he got everything else. Like, you know, God said, you've done well asking for this, and he blessed him with a whole lot of other things. And this is my scripture today in um, seeking more of the Holy Spirit. So, um, and God basically says this to you, what do you want? And you can ask for it, just like Solomon asked for wisdom. I think a great thing out of Solomon's prayer and looking for things of the Holy Spirit is um, the gifts that God gives you are for the use of his people, right? And, and I know some of these gifts are good in our own lives too, but I think the main, like why Solomon was given wisdom was to lead his people properly. And, and often if you look through these spiritual gifts, they're, they're, actually, the, um, they're actually the help of the church, they're a corporate thing. So, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? And if he asks for fish, will give him a snake? So like God came to Solomon and said, what do you want? Message gets repeated in the New Testament through Jesus. And so right throughout history, men and women have been asking for unique, or not even asking, just being given unique gifts, right? This is what we're focusing on. So a couple of weeks ago, Jonathan referenced Catherine Coleman, who, um, I mean... You should just read her up. Amazing. But he, he's just referring a story about how when she passed away, that whole hospital was filled with the fragrance of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and we've heard of people like Oral Roberts and Smith Wigglesworth. But, you know, there's modern people too, like Heidi Baker and Bill Johnson and Randy Clark and Sean Bowles and Todd White, all still alive, born like in the last few decades, full of the power of the Holy Spirit. We heard the story from Dad last week, a guy called Fred uh, Market. He was a YWAM man in um, hard country to say, a jazz, as a as a bidjan, something like that. That's it, Azerbaijan, and um, he was speaking to people in their own. He was speaking. He didn't say he was speaking their language. He was speaking in tongues. I've heard the interview. He, he wasn't speaking their language. He was speaking in tongues, and um, but the guy was speaking back to him in Azerbaijan, if that's the name of the language, and then he'd reply in tongues, and they had a 15-minute conversation of which he has photos of. It, it happened in the 90s. And um, what's amazing is that they had to actually get a translator in to work out what they said. Because even though they're having a conversation, the people they were speaking to knew what they were saying, but the YWAM guys didn't. So then they thought they'd better get a translator in to work out what they'd said... And they had promised that they'd bring in agricultural teams and medical teams. and So it's probably good they got the translator in. And so it happened to be their strategy over the next 10 to 15 years of YWAM in, in that country. Um, and Dad talked to us about Kim Collingsworth last week. And I've heard a heap of piano players this happen to where they get prayed for and they can play. I mean, I'll play this interview with Kim Collingsworth in a minute. It goes for seven minutes. Um, it's not different. It's not like a magic potion where praying she can play. You'll hear her story, how it worked. And, and you know, even this week, but you get both. Because even this week, um, David, you missed pastor's prayers. And it was really good because Pastor King, who's, who's the Vietnamese pastor here, said, I have a friend I want to bring in. Can they come and share? And we go, yeah, sure. And um, I'm thinking, like, Pastor King, you have to really concentrate to work out what he's saying. Anyway... A married couple came in and 
Ken was the husband, and he was from Malaysia. And, and the wife, her name was Karen, and she was from Vietnam. And she could speak brilliant English. She'd been in Australia 15 years, and they both went to a Chinese church in Toowoomba. And they're just up here visiting. And she was explaining, because she was ministering in this Chinese church, that she already could speak Cantonese, Vietnamese, Malaysian, and English, but the common tongue in China is Mandarin, which she couldn't speak. So she prayed one night for the Holy Spirit with deep cries and started reading Peter and can now speak fluent Mandarin uh, without any apps or anything. That was a gift from the Holy Spirit, and I spoke to her right here, not in Mandarin. And, and I said, so that's... And I said, so if I wanted to learn to speak, a, like, because she's saying, you know, if you learn a new language, you'll, she said, there's heaps of Chinese people here. You'll get to meet them. And I said, how do I learn Mandarin? She goes, easy. You pray for one hour. <laughs> that was her response. So uh, I might need the app out. But, but God does say, what do you want? Ask anything and I'll give it to you. Spit, you know. You think about the Holy Spirit power in benefit for other people, which is what she got. So there are amazing, unique gifts. So tongues is amazing. You know, prophecy is amazing. Word of knowledge is amazing. But then there's also other unique gifts, and you will get what you ask for. And I've told some people, I'm praying for grace to parent. Because, um, as you know, every single parent makes terrible mistakes. And lucky as kids, we appreciate that and appreciate what they're trying to do, so we're grateful. At least I am. I, like, I know I got hit more than any other kid in my family. I know I was not treated fairly, <laughs> even though I was a well-behaved citizen in our household. <laughs> but I'm so thankful that I have great parents. And, I, you know, and the older I get, the funny thing is you, you see more faults, but you're more grateful at the same time. How that works, I don't know. Thank goodness for the love of Christ. But now I'm asking for the power to parent. And not only for my own kids, but then for anyone I meet, that, that same grace to be able to impart. Okay, so anyway, we're going to play seven minutes of the interview with Kim Collingsworth about how she prayed to play the piano. Okay? And then I'll talk for a few minutes afterwards. I grew up in a very large family. My daddy was a pastor, and my mother and daddy had nine children, and so I have a lot of siblings. And I grew up... Uh, sitting in church most of my life. That's kind of what we did. But uh, I remember one night, uh, I think I was around three years of age, I was sitting on the front row. I can tell you where I was sitting at the end of the bench and I was watching my daddy as he was preaching that night. And he announced his text. I couldn't tell you anything he said except this. He said that Solomon asked for a gift and God graciously granted it. That's the part I got of the sermon. And he began to speak about wisdom, and I don't know what all he spoke about, but it was about King Solomon. All I could think about from the moment I heard him say that Solomon asked for a gift and God graciously granted it, that I wanted to do that too. And so that night, we lived just directly across the parking lot from the church, and after the service that night, my mother took us home, and I went upstairs on a mission. I went up to my bedroom, and I remember getting my PJs on and going over and kneeling at the end of the bed. And I remember being so passionate and so serious about it, and I began to beg God for a gift. 
I begged him, would you please give me a gift like you gave that king my daddy was talking about tonight, please. And I believed with everything in me that I was gonna be something when I woke up. Well, the next morning, obviously, I woke up and I was nothing different. There had nothing had changed. But I don't know the exact time frame, but some weeks later, my mother said that she came in to, from the kitchen and um, she found me on the piano bench playing my sister's recital piece. And that was the first time ever I remember music coming alive to me. And mother said that when she came in, that I was playing in the key of G flat, which um, is a little bit of a complicated key for, you know, for most musicians or most of us. And um, she said that I was repeating the recital piece that had been being played before I got there. And I, she said to me, how did you know how to do that? How did you know how to do that? And she said, I looked up and said, well, she was playing and I wanted to play too. I was always fascinated by this ability that was unconventional that she had. And so, of course, once we were married, I began to question her. I wanted her to tell me this story. And it was very interesting because she actually, to tell me the story, took me back to the little church on Bud Road in New Albany, Indiana and showed me the places. And it was, um, it was very emotional for me to see these spots where she was sitting on the front seat and she told me the story of her dad preaching this sermon about a gift that God gave King Solomon and took me over to the empty parsonage. In those days it was empty and we walked over there and went upstairs to the bedroom where she had knelt down and pulled out the drawer and got her PJs and got down. And I, probably the thing that struck me um, that she told me was when she began to ask God for that gift, she ironically lifted her 10 fingers as she counted the pleases off. Please, 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 and lifted all 10 fingers into the air as she was asking, please God, give me a gift. But I remember some years later, I think I was 11 or 12, maybe 12 years of age, and I was riding with my dad down the road and I was talking to him about that prayer. And I said, Daddy, do you think that, that maybe playing the piano is the gift that I got? And he said, honey, I think it is. And I remember as it was all I could think about from, from the time I was tiny, um, everything that I heard musically affected me. And I remember um, my mother said that before I went to first grade, I would play six and eight hours a day. And I would hear chords maybe that a pianist would play, and I would be so fascinated by it that I had to find that chord. And so I would work until I could find what I heard. We would ask her mom about her taking lessons because she never had a formal teacher. Um, take all the mechanics of EGBDF and FACE. When she would go to these teachers, she would basically ask them to play the song and she could duplicate it back to them, which was very frustrating to teachers, you know. And uh, so, I mean, finally the teacher, one of them called her mom and said, don't bring this little girl back. I don't know what to do with her. <laughs> I would have loved to have had the privilege to go back and study music in a more professional manner. Uh, to be honest, I wrestled with that when I became an adult. I really uh, was raised, we didn't have a lot of means, not a lot of money. It was a different day back then, and I didn't have a real good option to go to college. But one day, the Lord and I were having a conversation, and I remember saying to the Lord, 
uh, you know, why, why did I never get the opportunity? Because once you ra start raising your family and children, you know, school becomes less and less important to you as a mother because you've got this big responsibility of your children. And I remember saying, I, you know, I don't understand why I didn't get the, the opportunity to go back and maybe study and get a bachelor's, maybe a master's, maybe a PhD in piano performance. Wouldn't that have been amazing? And no, I didn't hear an audible voice, but in my heart, I felt like the Lord spoke to me and said, Kim, had you gone back and studied and gained all of these accolades through learning, your teachers would have gotten all of the credit. And this is a gift I gave you. And I wanted you to give this gift back to me. And I wanted you to praise me with this gift. And I didn't want anybody else to get the glory for what I gave you. And so I plan to spend and spend out my days, the rest of my days, um, giving it everything I've got and giving every bit of praise back to Jesus Christ because I know that He's the only one that's worthy. Anyway, if you want to hear more of her, you can look her up on YouTube. So, um, yeah, an, an amazing story. Uh, today's scripture in our memory verses, which we're going to start learning right with Sunday School, is 2 Timothy 1, 6 and 7. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So, first Verse number six, stir up the gift. Who noticed with this lady that, like, I, I know the lady, um, Karen, who learnt Mandarin, prayed for an hour, and then that was more supernatural, although she said it came as she read the Bible. But with Kim, so what she had was supernatural. I know because I've played the piano. A kid just doesn't hear an older sibling playing an exam piece, walk up and play it in a different key, let alone a G-flat, who we avoid at all costs. Anything written in G-flat, I just transpose it in my head straight to A and off we go. Like, you wouldn't even attempt it. Why would you? Right? So, so for a three-year-old to do that, that is a gift of the Holy Spirit. Okay? I know some kids might have perfect pitch, but how does that translate into your fingers and transposition and put him on the piano at the right place at the right time? That's a gift. But then did you notice what she needed to do to get it where she is now in her probably mid-50s or older probably, worshipping? How many hours a day did she say she was practising before she hit grade one? Six to eight. Fan into the flame. Stir up the gift that God has given you. So if, if you have a gift, it, it just doesn't work by itself. Like I always talk about the story of Noah. Noah. God gave him a word. 
He said, you're going to save the world. You've got a hundred year job. You've got to build the ark for a hundred years. People get into me about work is worship. Hundred year job to build a boat so God's word could be completed, to fan the flame, to stir up the gift. So Kim Collingsworth, she was given a gift of music, but guess what? She had to practice six to eight hours a day to get where she is now. Okay, so the Holy Spirit might give you something, but unless you're prepared to stir it up, it's not going to go anywhere. And you'll say, God didn't use me or gave me this promise it didn't happen. Well, maybe you didn't stir it up. Maybe the bit that was on you never happened. And I, um, even Paul says here, therefore I remind you. This is Paul talking to Timothy. See, I remind you. So it's obviously something remind. He's done it again. Obviously, Paul's had this conversation with Timothy a few times. Oh, by the way, how about you stir up your gift? And, um, and sometimes, like, I, don't, I hate the word forced, but I know um, sometimes when I'm playing AFL and I, I'm really, like, I'm quite old to be playing AFL now. Everyone who I play against reminds me of this, as well as friends and family for some reason. So, you know, you're playing on AFL and your opposition will come up and say, hey, old guy, like, like you look like my granddad or something like that. They do. You know, old sledging. And um, anyway, sometimes I say things back, but I can't repeat them here. <laughs> you know, questioning their mental abilities and, you know, different things. You know, it's all part of the game. Anyway, some days you're just not on. Like, People are running past, and sometimes you think to yourself, the next time that ball runs into the pack, I know it's going to hurt, but I'm going to run through that pack as hard as I can. And you know you're going to get hit in the head. You know someone's going to thump you. But you know, unless you do it, you can't get into the game. It's like you're always a pace behind. You're following your guy, and, and you go, okay, this next one, I'm just going to go get hit. Like, it's stirring it up, because unless... You, Unless you played contact sport, you probably wouldn't appreciate it. But sometimes you've got to stir yourself up to get in the game. And um, I remember, um, you know, I played the piano for a long time, obviously. And when I've talked to the youth, I've told them about um, the things I tell the youth is you make your choices and your choices make you. And so you never come up to a T intersection that says this way, good life and heaven, that way, bad and hell. Those choices don't generally exist. But you come up to something that's a straight and then a 0.5 degree, you know, variant. Like, uh, can I be bothered going to that? Like, that, just that little twinge off straight. And if you take it, then the next one's a little twinge off it. And, you know, 15 years down the track, you're headed somewhere you never thought you'd be heading. You know, you make your choices, your choices make you. So I've told the youth of things like baptism and youth camp. I have moments through my life where I haven't felt like making choices but I've made them because I thought it would make a difference and one of these came up where it wasn't a choice well I was given a choice but it wasn't out of my own making and we were at the Adelaide conference in 2003 so I was married so I would have been about 24 and um, I was just down there playing the piano I used to travel to all these conferences to play the piano and Chuck Clayton was alive and he came to that one and um he, I remember I'd just, it must have been the end of worship, they were doing the announcements, but I was just still, still sitting up on the piano. I bet David Hood was there. There would have been a couple of people there. And Chuck just walked up to me and said, hey, guess what, Philip? God's told me 
they're going to play a song um, from the Spirit of God. And I said, what song? Can you tell me one and I'll play it? He goes, no, 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 that's like not my job. He goes, I'm just giving you the message. And I said, no, I'm not doing it. He said, yeah, you are. And Chuck was really a forceful person. So if there's annoying forceful people in your life, they're there for a reason. They're there to get you somewhere you wouldn't go yourself. So don't discount them and get offended. Just take the hint. So I had this argument with him and then he finally said, this is while dad's probably given some 15 minute long announcement, you know. So I'm on the side here. And finally Chuck says to me, guess what, Philip? I'm you up there to preach and I'm not coming up until you do that. He goes, he goes I'm just going to sit in my seat. And he goes, we'll take the offering and there'll be nothing until you play. That's what he told me. He goes, I don't care. God told me so, and it's true. So I'm just going to sit here. So that's, that's fanning in the flame, right? Stirring up the gift. So I played something, and it was, I don't know, I wasn't there. I was there, but I wasn't paying attention. So I was just, you know, trying my best to stir up a gift. You know, I obviously knew how to play a piano. You're just trying to... But um, that gift's now developed over time where maybe it's about I don't even... Th- don't even think about it anymore like if you're playing in the middle of something there's maybe I should think about it more but it doesn't just you just play but it wouldn't have happened unless like I was actually forced to fan that into flame to stir it I had I was given no choice and um, so to get unique spiritual gifts you have to pray for them okay so you heard that story from Kim where her husband said she said please Please. Like that was a three-year-old desperately crying out. Oh, by the way, side sidebar, another great reason why we don't have Sunday school. If you had Sunday school, that kid would have never done that, by the way. Kids need to listen. Yeah, anyway, we'll move on. Oh, second sidebar, while I'm on it with Sunday school, for those people who want Sunday school, we are doing it. It's going to be beforehand, so make sure you bring your kids. And then we'll have our service. Yeah, Okay. Great. Move on. So, uh, so the first thing is, and even Karen, who was here, the um, girl from Vietnam, who knows about five languages now, she just said, I just cried and I cried and prayed. So even though we have seeking services, I, I don't feel like we've probably got to that level of dis- desperation that we heard from, you know, you could just hear her recounting the story decades later that there was passion in what she was asking for. That, you know, I want a gift. Daddy said there was a gift. I want a gift. So, and this is the second point today. So we have two verses from 2 Timothy 1. So point one is verse 6, which is stir up the, um, st- you know, stir up the gift. And point two is God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and of a sound mind. So this is all about getting fish and not snakes, okay? So when you, the gospel says, if you ask for bread, a good father won't give you a stone. If you ask for fish, he won't give you snakes. And so in Timothy, it says, if you ask for the power of the Holy Spirit, he won't give you fear. And I know you're not expecting fear, but I know a lot of people have it. So like anxiety, stress, fear. So what you need to know is, in this pursuit of the Holy Spirit, which we're asking for, uh, I just thought if we're seeking the Holy Spirit and yet we're highly anxious people, um, we probably need more of the Holy Spirit. 
Because this verse says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love. Joshua's talking about love and communion being linked to more of the Holy Spirit. Power, love, and of a sound mind. So I give my kids words, as in not just Bible words, but dictionary words, you know. And so for young Connor here, as he was growing up, his first word was adaptable because he never liked me changing situations on him. He just he'd go a bit cranky. So I said, adaptable, that's your word. You know, start working on it. And then it was um, initiative because then he'd only do what he, like basic minimum, only what he had to do. I said, no, no, you got to show initiative, do more. And, um, but his new word is sound mind because... Um, you know, if you get anxious about something, I, I said, mate, this is the verse you need here. You don't have to be anxious because God says, if you ask for fish, you won't get a snake. And if you ask for the Holy Spirit, you won't get fear and anxiety. And if you do have fear and anxiety, then you need more power and you need more Holy Spirit. OK, like you get see the connection. And um, so. And. Back to that thing about Noah being like two, you have the spiritual step, but the physical step. I'm endorsing people as we seek, encouraging people, as we seek for the Holy Spirit. I I want you to also think about solid choices for your mind. Like you think Romans 12, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So if you have anxiety and stress and we're seeking the Holy Spirit, we're seeking, you know, more tongues, more prophecy, more gifts. I'm also seeking for less anxiety less fear, less stress, and I want you to pray for it, but I also want you to do common sound of mind things in your lives to, like, to reduce that. So um, if you see David Hood, he'll have many, many great verses to get your sound of mind right in terms of the physical things you can do. I'm going to give you two. The first one is Romans 12, which is be transformed by the renewing of your mind, which means... If you're full of fear and anxiety, just start reading the Bible. It'll transform your mind. So it's hard to whinge about being anxious if you don't take the time to even read the Bible a couple of minutes a day because you're not putting in the practical steps. That will actually fix it. And I think this is Judy's favourite verse, Philippians 4.6, or David's, one of them. So, Judy, you told me this, or maybe David did. When you're in a fix, remember Philippians 4.6. Did you tell me that? David did. Okay, everyone, when you're in a fix... Remember Philippians 4, 6, and it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, like Solomon. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So, so my first part of my... Just remember first, Second Timothy 1, 6 and 7, And these are the two points you have to remember. Point one is from verse six, which is intentionally fan the flame. So if you have a gift of tongues, start praying it five minutes a day, like my father encouraged last week. Fan the flame. If you're a musician and and you want that to grow, start, start practicing a bit more. If there's a gift that God has given you, you feel it's a gift, actually use it. Use it or lose it. And then the second thing is, how not only are we asking for presence and power, but we want to kill the dodgy thoughts. So that's in number seven. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and of a sound mind. Paul also says, letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace.
So not, yeah, not only are we seeking for more of the Holy Spirit, we need to do practical, common sense things that actually help with that as well. Okay? Starting your brain in gear. Now, James says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. So if you want to stir a gift, if you want something, just ask uh, all through the Bible. But remember, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like the wave of a sea. That person should not expect to receive anything. So this is why I'm encouraging that when you're pressing forward for the, more of the Holy Spirit, more prophecy, more tongues, you've got to get the dodgy thinking out the back as well, like the, the anxiety and the stress, because if you doubt, you should not expect to receive anything, that a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. So if you feel like you're like that, there's one very easy way to fix it, and it's to read the scripture, okay? The Bible's very clear. You transform your mind by the word of God. If you can't take the time to do that, then you don't want it enough. Okay? Stir the flame. It's, and I want to put Pam's word. I spoke about it last week. This is my last slide. I want to put it up because, as, as you know, from the summit, we are seeking as a church to find more of the Holy Spirit. We're serious about this. We're going to be intentional. But we don't want it to be an event. We don't, we've had great events. And then there's nothing wrong with them. And in the midst of this, if we have a great event and people are stuck to the floor and, you know, fall off the balcony, it'll be fantastic. That will be a good thing to happen. And I hope someone gets it on video. But in amongst all of that, Pam says, amongst all she saw, she said, it will come slowly so everyone can soak it in. So that is our intention, to teach and to pray and to encourage and to stir the flame so that like, you know, when the tide comes in, all the boats rise, I want every single person at peace, every single family to be impacted by the power of the Holy Spirit on our lives, you know? So we're sick of, you know, normal parenting, normal relationships, stress and anxiety and all the things that go in normal life. There's power for this stuff. There's power from the Holy Spirit to help us with parenting and relationships and marriages and life and jobs and then the gospel like there's power to live a holy life there's power to reach our friends to be witnesses there's power to be witnesses and there's it's all there and we're going to go there together right on time 11:29 look at that that's planning so we're not going to sing now because um it's 11.29. I said, we're out of here by 11.30. So I'm going to pray and we're going to have morning tea. Okay? So, sorry that ended abruptly, but it's, it's time. <laughs> so, please remember 2 Timothy 1, 6 and 7. It's got my two points for today and intentionally, uh, you know, use them. Okay. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful Lord, I'm thankful for the example of Solomon where you said, whatever you want, ask for it. So Lord, as a people of peace, together we are praying. Lord, we receive Pam's word and we want the things of the Spirit. We want more power in our lives. We want power to live a holy life. We want power to win souls. Lord, you've given us a message to take to the nations. We want power for that as well. So Lord, we ask today to give us, the people of peace, that power. But Lord, we also ask that we'd have love 
and a sound mind and you'd help us stir up the gifts and you'd help us make proper choices that would enable us to, uh, to, to fan the flame, to grow in your grace. We thank you. We receive by faith. Lord, I ask for all the people of peace today, the ones here, the ones not here. Lord, we ask that your grace and presence would rest upon them now. We place peace on them now. May your protection um, be with them. May joy and salvation and goodness um, you know, follow them. We thank you and we trust in you today. Amen.